co-host Jordan Barkley, but you can call me JB. And I'm Josh. And this is Views from the Back of the Class, Episode 7. Ooh, 7! I just feel like we did this yesterday, man. I can't believe we're 7 deep already. When I uh, <laughs> give you guys an opportunity at this time, first of all, we want to thank you for your support thus far, and glad you can keep riding along with us. Tell a friend, tell a friend, and tell a friend. Yeah, uh, that's make how sure we you guys hit that uh, subscribe button and uh, leave a comment if you so desire, good or bad. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's been a funnest seven episodes so far. Um, hopefully, you guys can can see the progression from episode one through you know uh, what we've done so far. But you know, we're just trying to tighten up and keep having fun with this and keep putting out pretty what we hope is good content or it's enjoyable to you. So, thank you. Indeed, thank you. All right, episode seven in the books. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're recording tonight, and it's been a pretty eventful weekend in Chicago. We had Wizard World, which just finished yesterday, and I was able to make it. I want to go more than one days, but you know, being a grown up in life and stuff never works out with you the way you want it to. So I was only able to make it Sunday. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. I'm glad you were able to go at least Sunday, because I'm still a little, little, somewhat angry about <laughs> not being able to go. I spent my my weekend uh, pruning a rose bush and doing lawn work. What I would have much rather been hanging out with you guys at Wizard World. I mean, I think if uh, even if it wasn't Wizard World, you'd probably would have uh, preferred to be doing something else. Your work sucks. <laughs> you never lied. Just uh, just gasoline that rose bush and uh you don't have to worry about it anymore now the arson charges that's what gets you i was gonna say i don't i feel like i don't really need an arson charge on my record yeah you never know unless you try but i'll have to take your word for that one <laughs> i don't have one of those either though so we'll we'll see <laughs> crime talk aside uh wizard world uh from what i was able to see you know i had a good time sunday i didn't get to take in any panels this year i kind of just uh walked the floor bought some stuff couple of nice prints for the house. A couple of things I was looking at. Actually, did you know this? I saw a complete series for Shazam, and I had no idea it was a TV show back in the 70s. Yeah, like the Shazam Isis Hour or something like that? Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought about buying it, and <laughs> then I was just like, nah, it's probably on YouTube. And then I got home, and I looked it up, and there were, there were clips on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't buy this. Right. Um, it was that, you know, 70s-esque show with a teenage slash young adult Billy Batson, who I don't understand how he could transfer into more of a man because he was pretty freaking grown from what I saw. Which I suppose makes sense, though, because it would have been pretty weird for as a cartoon. Like, I think you can get away with it in the print media with Billy Batson being a kid and, you know, kicking it with Shazam the Wizard be kind of weird as a cartoon i think you got like actual dialogue and you hear a man's voice and a kid's voice no no this was live action oh yeah it was live action that'd be even weirder it was super weird and <laughs> and i'm like looking at him and say like, he's like shazam and then he like becomes like a middle-aged guy and i'm like he's already like 22 this actor has to be so i was i was kind of interested in that and then the what i saw was kind of uh 70s-esque like it wasn't remarkable it was it was kind of funny and laughable but 
It was kind of interesting because I didn't know that. So it was nice to learn that. But um, I talked with, you know, a lot of local artists um, about, you know, the comics that they do or the artwork that they do. And, you know, I don't want to sound sentimental or anything like that. But with doing the podcast, I guess I have a deeper appreciation for uh, local artists and uh, independent uh, imprints and things like that. Because sure. I understand the, I don't want to say passion, but I kind of no, understand... That's what it is. You know, people are passionate and they have a, a voice or a point of view that they want to share with the world. And it's not easy to, one, you know, find the courage to find your voice and, and be willing to share it with people. And then just the labor that is involved in getting things printed and, you know, and then you have to hustle to get the funding to, to get that part of it, to pay mm-hmm. to get into Wizard World. And, you know, hopefully people appreciate your work. Right. Yeah, I talked with one guy. I'm not naming names at this time because I did buy a lot from these independent guys. And I'm still going through what I purchased, hopefully to, to talk about them later in later episodes. But I did talk to one guy. He, he, you know, he started his comic in like 2002. And he's on like issue 26 now. So like the last two years, he said he's been regular putting one out a month. But issue one came out in 2002. So it's like, that's devotion. That's, you know, drive. Yeah. yeah. Not giving up on your dream because it's easy to do with life to cause problems and get all lifey on you. Sure. Kind of push those dreams to the back burner. So, you know, I have appreciation for them. I didn't buy, I don't think I bought anything from, you know, the big guys from uh, DC or Marvel or I'm not a big dark horse guy. So most of this stuff I bought was local so uh, you know I encourage you guys check out your local guys you never know like search on Instagram or Facebook for local comics and you'll be surprised what comes up that's kind of what it's about for me these days when it comes to to cons is to do the artist alley and you know talk to other creators I'm saying others like I'm putting out a book but (laughs) talk to the creators who are you know putting out really really good content they just don't have the machine behind them and they could use your support. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is not going to be Superman or the Avengers. You know what I mean? But it's still really, really good stuff out there. People just needed an audience. And we, as the fans, you know, the, the fans of this genre, you know, we, we keep saying we want original stuff or we want, you know, good stories or new stories. That's where you find them, you know, supporting mm-hmm. your local artists. And what's it cost you? If you try it and you don't like it, okay. What did it cost you? Three bucks? Right. The most ten. You mean? Right. I mean, how many how many bad DC comics have you bought before or Marvel? You know? Oh, man. <laughs> Every one of them ain't a gem. No. Too many to count. Well, yeah, too many to count. I mean, Ben Riley was a thing. Not to me, he wasn't. <laughs> that's, that's not my Spider-Man. <laughs> but it happened. Uh, yeah, it did. Sadly, it did. What was the cosplay like? It was pretty, it was nice. Like this year, it was, um, you know, you ran into some people I've seen like the last couple of years at C2E2. Saw a lot of like dope costumes. A couple of Spider-Gwens, which I think is becoming more popular, which is cool. Um, I saw one, you know, it's really funny. It was a, a father walking with his, his uh, kids and she had a, she was a toddler or something. I don't know. I don't know kids' ages. She was old enough to walk, but she was like wearing like a Wonder Woman onesie. 
<laughs> you know, she's walking and he's pushing like this trailer and they have like, they bought a bunch of stuff and uh, she's like, dad, this is so cool. And it was like, it was pretty cool to see that appreciation, like a young person be able to go to, I'm guessing their first convention. Yeah. Be impressed as a child. But you know, I saw a lot of Deadpools. I saw a couple Carnage. Uh, I saw a Deadpool slash Carnage combo. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a character, like, very scary. Wade Wilson with a symbiote is no, not a win for anybody. Yeah. God, that'd be scary. So what else did I see? Logan, Wolverines. I saw a couple of Anakins. That one was super dope. It was like the Anakin when he went to the dark side with the yellow eyes. Oh, nice. How many Harley Quinns did you see? Not as much as I thought. Maybe because I went on a Sunday that, you know, a lot of people weren't. It wasn't as as many people as like the previous days or something like that or maybe like by day three the hardcore cosplayers had changed you know to another outfit or something by sunday but not i saw a lot but not as many as, as i would have thought and i saw more of the traditional um bruce tim harley quinn's versus the uh, harley quinn's from the movie suicide squad yeah okay so that was pretty cool but all in all like all the costumes were good and i'm not gonna I'm not knocking people for having, like, amateurish costumes. I'm not going to do that. No. Because it's like, you put in the effort. I came in in shorts and a shirt, you know, flip-flops. Like flip-flops, yep. <laughs> they... <laughs> so they actually broke, so I had to go back to the car and put my gym shoes on. See? The ones, you know the ones, the blue ones that have been all around the world with us? That'll do it. They've lasted me, you know, some good travels, good times, good memories. Uh, they held up well. And they finally broke on me, so. <laughs> Sad one one else. Yeah. But no, Wizard World was great. So if you had to give it a letter grade, A through F, why'd you grade this year? You know what? To me, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm stacking them against one another or um, pitting them against one another or something or whatever. But Wizard World in the last few years to me has always been like the second banana to C2E2. Mm-hmm. But I think this year it stepped up. And it's kind of regained its footing. You know, I think it's going to be pretty solid going forward. So I enjoyed myself. Definitely will check it out next year. It will be back on my radar to make sure that I hit it up. Good, good, good. Maybe I'll trim my rose bushes early and I'll be able to make it the next time. Just burn them down. I know, right? You know, yes. you really got me thinking about it. If I can figure it out minus the arson. Um, Just move the grill over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is like... Premeditation. Exactly. This is premeditation. And it's recorded. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't think we have any law enforcement listeners yet, so could be good for us. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. hilarious. Well, I'm glad. That was solid. Yeah, it was. And there's another one, too, we're going to check out in October. That'd be fun, too. And I'm, I may actually uh, dress up this year. We'll see. That is my plan. My yeah. plan is to to cosplay. I have not done it before. I've chickened out every time, but I am, I promised myself I'm going to go ahead and do it this time. So if we have any cosplayer listeners and you have any first-timer tips, you know, just let us know, because we would like to join in on the fun with you guys. We had a couple of uh, new trailers pop up, too, over the weekend. Streets of Rage 4 looked pretty interesting to me. Looked kind of fun. I'm not really into the arcade-style fighter, I mean, what I'll say about that is I, I enjoyed that it does look very much like the Streets of Rage series. 
and I would have been super stoked for this in 1998. <laughs> Not so much uh, 20 years later. I mean, I'll play it. I don't know that I'm going to be first in line to go get this one. It looks good, but it just I think I'm not nearly as interested in that in that series as I would have been at one point. Gotcha. Maybe you need to like find a compatible version that you can play currently and then that might rekindle your the fun you had. I don't know. I mean, that probably is exactly what would happen. Like I could see a world where I would play it and just be like, "Yo, this is really dope because it looks good." Mhm. But I'm going just off of a trailer, so you know, the gameplay itself could probably be the saving grace and go ahead and get some playing time on it. We'll see, though. But yeah, I would, I would highly recommend you guys check that out. If you remember it, it is true to form, even though my man Skate is not, or at least doesn't appear to be a part of this one. Axel, Axel looks dope. Blaze looks dope. Uh, she's a little, the choice of clothing is questionable for me, because if she's a street fighter, you'd think that You'd want to be covered a little bit more, but I understand what they're going for with marketing. <laughs> they're trying to sell units, man. They're not trying to be politically correct. Right. I mean, there's definitely a question there, but who am I to try to change the world? So when I first saw that, I was thinking Streets of Rage, but my mind was showing street me pictures Fighter. of... Uh, no, not even Street Fighter. Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, that's... I'm like, that's for sure not the right game. Nah. I wouldn't be surprised if that came back too, though. Battletoads? Yeah. Was it good back then, or was I just a kid? I don't you know. Remember. It was never my thing, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. People loved it, but it it didn't really appeal to me like that. Yeah, that's how I was with uh, like Metal Gear Solid and stuff like that. Bite your um, tongue. Hey, not Metal. Oh crap, not that. I'm Twisted Metal. Oh uh, okay. Yeah, Good Twisted. Difference. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid is fantastic. Snake Eater. Oh, Probably yeah. my least favorite, but still pretty pretty solid game. It just takes you, you know, 60 hours to play through. You get your money's worth. Yeah, you're going to get every penny out of it playing that game. Yeah, so we had Streets of Rage trailer released after 20 years or so. And now we have uh, True Detective Season 3. A little more current. Is it? Because <laughs> Season 2 was like two years ago. If, I don't even remember. It wasn't 20. <laughs> No, I think season two was like three years ago. I don't think it was that long ago. I think it, I think it was. You um, know, I don't fact check, but I'm pretty sure it was two years at most. The reason I think it was three years ago is because of, um, I remember where we were living. It was before we moved to our, uh, to our house. Okay. I remember packing for the move and watching it in the background. I'll take your word for it because I don't have any type of anything to attach to a timeline, so... I will admit, too, that True Detective is not the kind of show that you really can binge. Because I tried it and on season one, and I just couldn't follow it. Because I was trying to do like other stuff in the back, you know, and have it on in the background. And it just didn't work. I ended up having to like, rewatch it in certain parts. And I, I really missed huge, huge gaps. I was going to say, it's pretty meaty to, to try to binge it. It's a lot to take in at once, but most... Most of the HBO shows have been like that, which kind of makes me look forward to season three. Um, even though the for me the trailer was a little bit confusing, I couldn't I couldn't quite grasp what where they were going with it. But they got two things working in their favor from my from my perspective. One, you know, the brand itself is pretty solid, even though season two wasn't great. 
I don't even think season two was in in the good category. <laughs> I'm trying not season to be negative, but you might be right about that. Season season two qualifies as a TV show. Dang. <laughs> well, what I will say though is that Mahershala Ali is like one of my favorite actors of the last few years. I don't think I've seen him in anything that I don't enjoy or I haven't enjoyed. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, the wig they put him in was, I don't know what the costume designer was thinking. <laughs> it was pretty distracting, actually. I had to watch the trailer twice because the first time I was just looking at his hair. Right. And it's like, is he, I know he shaves his head, but is he bald? Bald? Like, can he not grow any hair or does he just do it for like style or fashion? He may be balding. I've never seen him, you know, with his hair not super low. Right, because I feel like in House of Cards, he had like a really, really tight fade. And then I feel like, and I can't remember if I'm getting confused, in Luke Cage, he had like a a low fade too. Yeah, it was super low. He might be thinning in some spots, but. Right. Or it could just be. I was going to say, it could just be that he need, you know, keep it low for the sake of wearing wigs for work. Could be that. Right. So, yeah, that wig was distracting. And I, I'm looking forward to it because I did enjoy season one, and I will give it a chance for season th- three. But I'm not really sure what season three is all about. Obviously, something that happened in the past right. um, will get addressed in the present or in the future for whatever timeline they're using. But other than that, I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Plus, I, I feel like they have so much on the line with the creator and poor reception they had for uh, season two that they're really going to try to you know get back on the horse and yeah. right the ship but and and i and this was like a teaser too so they're not going to reveal a lot but definitely you know keep your eyes out for uh true detective i'm here for it uh the cw crossover i don't think that was a trailer i think that was just like an ad right right yeah there was just a picture sorry but it's going to be like they're promoting it as like a super epic event but you know they do those like once a season now which I think it's actually something to look forward to, and it's a good way, in my opinion, to get uh, to kind of maximize your viewership, because you do have people who are loyal to their show. Like if I'm an Arrow guy, I'm an Arrow guy, not necessarily a Flash or a Supergirl guy, or you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. But when those crossovers happen, you're kind of forced to watch these other shows, and I think you know you'll be able to find something that you enjoy about them. And then I guess the idea is hopefully you'll start to watch these other ones in addition to it. Definitely. I, I like it. I, I like the crossover idea. I like the shared universe idea for those shows. I'm, yeah. I may not watch them, but I do like it because for what it was, The Defenders, I enjoyed overall. You know, I don't want to get too distracted talking about it. I felt like they took a while to get to the storyline, but it was cool seeing all those heroes together. Sure. So for the CW, for something like this, and then I guess they're going to introduce... Batwoman. I <laughs> I wonder if they're just gonna recycle the uh Alicia Silverstone Batgirl costume from Batman oh, and Robin. Oh goodness. <laughs> I I I'm pretty sure they're not. I know, I'm just they it's just hilarious to me. Like I couldn't like even Warner Brothers ain't that dumb. Especially mm. since Well, they were that dumb at the time, but <laughs> I think I think the whole industry has learned their lesson from that one. No, well, Tom Welling did wear the uh, Superman Returns Superman suit at the end of uh, Smallville. But that's totally different. Completely, because that one wasn't nearly as bad. Just boring. Well, uh, it's, I just meant the, the uniform itself. 
Oh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it was just a modern take on uh, Christopher Reeve's outfit or uniform. Right. So Speaking of Superman, yeah, he's, going to be, he's going to be in all the episodes also, which I thought was pretty cool. I'm, right, because that's the major thing. But my thing is, what threat is looming that you need two Kryptonians to handle? <laughs> that's, that's what's interesting, or the most interesting to me about that whole thing. And how the heck does Batwoman play in? Does this mean that batman exists in this universe universe that, too i believe they've confirmed that okay but i do not know if you'll ever get to see him on screen ken and this is maybe a subject that we can dive into now because i know we're not we haven't done too much research into this but is batman even available for the small screen legally with the rights and everything like that like i know the WB, Warner Brothers, has the rights for Batman, and I know the CW is a joint venture, but I'm, I'm curious if they even have the rights for that. They have the rights. It's just a matter of if they want to, uh, okay. parent company wants to release it, because it was the same thing with Superman. They could have always used him. It was just always a question of whether or not they would and how much they would use him. That's Yeah, that's true, but I mean, we've had live action Supermans three times or twice over the last, you know, 30 years. But we haven't had a live action Batman on TV since Adam West. That's why I was just curious if, if it was like some legal things involved. Well, if you think about it, though, Batman had been uh, very much in the popular sphere because of the movies where Superman really had not since mm -hmm. like the 80s. Right. So there, there was a, a place to put him on TV and it wouldn't have really confused anybody because that was the only place you saw him. Dean Cain was Superman, you know, for the time or Tom Welling was the man who would become Superman for a time, and there was mm -hmm. no real other competition. Don't forget about Superboy. Mm -hmm. So that that worked. The thing about Batman, too, man, he's such a, a, a looming presence in general that you put him in the CW universe, and he is instantly stealing the show from everybody. Like, how does Arrow how does Arrow exist in the same space where Batman operates? You know what Doesn't. I mean? He's instantly, instantly second fiddle, and he was really the one that mm -hmm. started the whole thing. I agree. I agree. Um, I was just curious, uh, since, you know, I don't, I don't really watch the uh, the CW shows, I was just um, kind of curious what was happening in their universe and who, you know, what heroes existed and who might right. pop up in future seasons and crossovers and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I like it. I'm all for it. I think it's good. It's, it's a challenge to the writers because it's going to make them have to, uh, you know, work together, work in a cohesive story and then tie it together. So I think for the fans, it's going to be great. Hopefully, hopefully they do it right and they don't screw the fans over. I don't think so. I mean, the last time they every crossover that they've done seems to have been received pretty well by the fans. I mean, they did a musical last year, for goodness sake, and it and it it worked. Like people liked it a lot. Musical episodes usually go over really well, even with um, I'm trying to think of How I Met Your Mother, um, which is a totally separate genre. A couple others, those usually go pretty go over pretty well. So. The only one I can remember like that was Scrubs. I remember Scrubs musical episode working out pretty well, but that's the only time I can think of that happening that way. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't watch Scrubs. Uh, classmates, this may be the very last episode of Views from the Class. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. Sorry to break it here so publicly. Uh, what do you yeah, mean you didn't um, watch Scrubs? It's been a good run. I didn't watch Scrubs. Like, I didn't. I watched a few episodes of Scrubs, but I was not, I'm not, like, I don't, like, I don't like How I Met Your Mother. Like, I never watched that. My wife watches it. I mean, that's perfectly okay. I would watch it with her. But even Scrubs, it just, it wasn't for me at that time. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't watching Scrubs. 
I think because Scrubs was on probably around the same time as like Arrested Development, so I was probably watching Arrested Development and not Scrubs. Fair enough. Even though they didn't come on the same night. But as far as my like viewing preferences or whatever. I got you. It's, it's very different styles of comedy. Yeah, it, it, you know, and I like what I saw, like the the janitor who ended up being the father and uh, the middle. I thought he was pretty funny and oh, everything like that. And I like the uh, the references to Spin City, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just wasn't. I never really got into it. Fair enough. Yep. So, uh, guys, it's been a fun run. Um, we may do uh, launch new podcasts separately. We'll, we'll we'll let you guys know what happens. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> The podcast may live on, but Josh may get a new co-host. <laughs> right. <laughs> nah, this is a joint endeavor, so if it goes down, it goes down with both of us. But I, did you notice this? And I, I can't think of what they call it. It's like uh, on a slow news day or garbage news day. The news leaked out that production was halted for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think they purposely put that on on a Friday because most people don't pay attention to the news on a Friday. It wouldn't get a lot of traction. I do you think it's I don't think I don't think it mattered when they put it out. Like it was going to get traction because people were watching. People were watching for everything, you know, everything that was going on around the James Gunn situation. And people have been kind of looking to pounce. But I think after the initial firing, Disney kind of have made all the right moves, you know, to not necessarily to appease people but they had to protect their brand and they did but i also think that they also it's had not to. really their brand though it not nah. it, it's really marvel's brand no it's, it's marvel's brand like marvel is owned marvel's a subsidiary of disney well it's marvel's brand but it's disney's and disney investors who will eventually take the loss if anything goes bad with the marvel cinematic universe Agreed. so i mean it's marvel characters and that's that was the foundation but it's definitely a disney company and I think a lot of that mm-hmm. kind of pushed the decision because it sounded like Kevin Feige wanted to try to hire James Gunn back and Disney was not having it. But I say all that to right. say people have been watching for that and they, they wanted to know what was going on. I, it, it didn't get the same kind of outrage that I expected it to, but I fully thought that this was going to happen because it's too close to when they were going to start production and they got no director and they may not even have a script. Well, I thought they were going to use James Gunn's script. I know that was rumored. And I don't know that I that was necessarily uh, confirmed. Some of the st- oh, it wasn't confirmed. As far as I know, it's possible that it was, but I don't. I don't remember hearing a confirmation on that. No, no, that's cool. So if they don't, okay. So I disagree with you earlier about what you said. Is about them, regardless of them putting it out. I think they put it. I think it finally came out on a Friday because it was a Friday. People are going to pay attention to it, but you're going to get probably less eyes on it over the weekend versus something like that happening like on a Monday or Tuesday or during the week when people are more attentive to you know their devices and things like that when they're sitting at their desk or when they're at work or whatever and they're like you know what i'm bored let me check the news for a couple minutes let me check my um you know my nerd websites and stuff like that and see what's going on i think and i don't know i don't have any hollywood insider experience or anything like that but them halting production like you said i think it's i I think it's a bigger deal than what was made out to be how so if they're getting they're stopping production on a major blockbuster. You have an entire cast of actors who, yes, are all replaceable. Like, everyone's replaceable. No matter what you do, you're replaceable. Who are supporting this guy? You have an actor who's like, I want out of my contract if we don't use this script. Who want the director back. Right. I think that if the head of Marvel Studios wants the director back, I mean, they can push back a little bit on Disney in the decisions that they make. They may not win, but they may get some concessions. 
I don't think so, it was that far along in the you know, process, though, for it to be that big a deal. Like, I think the people who were affected are mostly the people who do the pre-production stuff. So scouting locations and, you know, building sets and all that. I don't think there was anything really right. to do with the actors as of yet. Oh, yeah. No, those are the people who are always going to be hit the hardest because those are the, the common worker. Sure. But beyond that, I just mean that those were the only people who were reporting to do any work for the movie right now. So it's right. not to say it's, that they were not are not going to come back. It's it, I imagine they would be. It's just that they released them to be able to pursue other opportunities because they're like, look, you know, I don't want you turning down money to come work on this project where we're not we're not there yet. Right. But at the same time. OK, so Disney is big enough. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. They have a budget of this movie. Let's say it's $200 million. They can afford to pay people to sit around and do nothing for, you know, a week or two while they hammer this stuff out. But it sounds like it's going to be so, longer than a week or two. That's what I'm saying. So you're going to let people, you're going to let directors of photography and stuff like that. Some of the people who are probably are potentially, and I don't know the names who are involved, but who are potentially, let's say they're their best in their field. You're going to let them go and get tied down and potentially get tied down in another shoot for three or four months or six months that to me like i understand like i said earlier everyone's replaceable and things like that but that to me is it's a bigger deal because you're letting your entire workforce go knowing that you may not get all of them or any of them back that just seems and i don't want to sound you know like i'm like there's a conspiracy or anything like that i just think it's a bigger things at play than just we don't have a script i don't know that because i don't know that it if, is I really don't. I think that it is a matter of, you know, not having a director because James Gunn is not there. They don't have a replacement or they have not announced a replacement. That will take time. And whoever the director is may or may not want to use this, the script that's currently there. Or they may or may not even want to use, you know, the DPs that were there or, or any of the other, you know, behind the scenes workers. They may have their own people that they like to work with. So that, too, could be a True. reason why you go ahead and release people and allow them to pursue other projects. If the new director comes in and is interested in working with them, then they have the option. No, right. I agree with that. But I'm just saying, I mean, we talk about Disney as being this big shouldered conglomerate business, which it is. So if they have a script and they're trying to hire a director, you don't think that they're going to tell the director the, to use the script that they, that they give them? No, that does. That has not been their process at all uh, with Marvel Studios which has kind of been the reason why they've been able to be so successful. Like, they, they come in and say, you know, these are certain things that you have to do, but by and large, they've allowed their, their directors to do what they want. Marvel has, but has Disney. Disney hasn't really gotten involved in, in Marvel's affairs with the exception of this James Gunn thing. They kind of let them do their thing. Right, so you, that's what I'm, so what I'm saying is you don't... But that's what I'm saying is they're not letting Marvel do their thing because Kevin Feige wants... James Gunn back and Disney is saying no. The stars are saying we want James Gunn back and, and Disney saying no. So they're not letting Marvel do their own thing in this decision. So if they do bring in a director, if, if Marvel Studios does bring in a director and they have a script or something like that and the director's like, I don't want to use this script or I want rewrites or something like that, I'm sure Marvel would would be like, yeah, we can work that in, or yeah, you know, put your own spin on it. We want to make sure it stays true to what we've done. We want to, you know, have the humor and everything like that That's that's been going in. But at the same time, Disney's a business, so 
they're looking at and like, okay, we're giving you guys $200 million or we're allowing you guys to use $200 million to make this movie. We're expecting it to be released this time. We were expecting this much money. If Marvel is telling Disney and saying, hey, we have a director. He just wants us to rewrite it or he wants things like that. You don't think Disney being the shrewd business company would just be like, no, tell dude to screw himself or use the script. No, I don't because they've moved things around in the past already. They've scrapped this hype. No, well, Marvel has. But what I'm saying is that the decision is not being made by Marvel. I'm saying Disney's the one making the decision. No, I get what you're saying in that, you know, Disney doesn't want to lose any money, so they're they're going to force the issue. The thing about Marvel Studios right now is they, they can print money. So there's there's a way around it. If, let's say the Guardians of the Galaxy movie gets delayed a year, and it probably won't be that long, but let's just say it gets delayed a year, they're fine. They still already have two movies coming out next year i'm sorry three movies coming out next year and they have two other ones slated to be released the following year so the only thing that would happen is they go from three movies to two mm-hmm. not to mention depending on when those the, movies the fox deal gets finalized they still have two other movies in dark phoenix and uh, new mutants that's almost free money because it didn't cost disney anything to make it but now once the once the acquisition happens you know, whatever money they make on that is money that they're making. That'll be fine. And I don't see Disney. I think it would be worse for business for them to interfere any further. That's why I say I think Disney, you know, did such a good job after the initial firing of kind of, you know, making all the right moves with the exception of actually, you know, maybe hiring Gun back, which is what a lot of people would have wanted. But they couldn't do that. They just couldn't. Like, once you made that decision, you kind of had to stick with it. Mm-hmm. No, they'll be just fine. I'm not. No, I'm not worried about it. I'm just I, what I'm just what my angle is, is just that it's it's I think it's a bigger deal than it than it being a not big deal. If that makes sense. I mean, I suppose time will tell. I don't think it is. I really don't think it's a big enough deal. But as things change or as more things happen, we'll find out. So. Moving on, there's been a lot of controversy with Netflix's latest release, Insatiable. So I uh, want to see what it was all about. See if it was uh, warranted or try not to take opinions and things without being informed. So we looked at it. We watched a couple episodes. We're going to speak now about you know what we thought and kind of address the controversy that was brought up. What did you think of Insatiable? And for those of you guys who don't know what Insatiable is, it's a TV show about a overweight teenager. I think she's like a senior in high school or something. She was injured, had her jaw wired shut for a couple months, and then she lost weight. And she's out to kind of get revenge on people who have wronged her. It is entertaining enough. It's incredibly campy. It's not really my general cup of tea. I could see why people would enjoy it. But there are a lot of things in it that I would see as flaws that I think are intentionally there that are part of the charm of the show. So, for instance, you have characters who are related to each other, some who have these southern accents, others who don't. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> like, everybody lives in the same town and people talk differently, even within the same family. Like, nah, that didn't work It's for obviously me. a big town. <laughs> A big town, big houses, different different demographics. Yeah, it ain't that big. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's I think it's supposed to be in Georgia, correct? Uh, yeah, it is. So even within that, 
like people just put on this generic southern accent and we use that as a blanket statement but they're very different even within the south like people from tennessee don't talk like people from georgia don't talk like people from louisiana don't talk like people from texas so sure you could call it a southern accent but it's not the same you kind of get that or at least i noticed that you get that all over the place with the characters again i think that may have been intentionally done it's hard to tell like it's hard to tell what was intentional what is just can't think of the right word not just not a not a happy accident um shout out bob ross but it's, it's just hard to tell what's intentional what's not right i didn't hate the show and so part of the controversy i failed to mention this earlier part of the controversy with the show was it was accused of fat shaming there were a couple other things that people had issue with it, even before it came out just with the premise of how it was described but uh the fat shaming is probably the one that rings the loudest and i didn't hate it i thought they were kind of ham-fisted with how they approach things very much so i thought like the first so the first episode i i took notes when i watched it it took 15 minutes until i actually laughed out loud when i had a legitimate laugh not that there weren't funny things that were happening but some of it was just so forced right you know from the first couple minutes and they were they're trying to send messages in these episodes about things and it's not working yeah, it has the same type of beats that Black Lightning had. Like, some of the issues that I had with Black Lightning are similar here, where they're just incredibly obvious messages that, that they're trying to relay. But I think the difference between those two is that this is a comedy. So part of me feels that it is... Dark comedy. Right. So part of me feels like these incredibly obvious messages are there as part of the joke. And maybe I'm giving it too much credit. As far as the controversy... And maybe I am just, you know, ignorant to it. But I did not feel that the show was fat shaming. I didn't I didn't get that impression. Now, granted, I am not necessarily someone who that would apply to. So maybe I'm being insensitive to someone else's feelings. But I, I try to think of myself as empathetic and I just I just didn't see it personally. I think it may have been a, a little much ado about nothing. Yeah, I think and I mean, other I. I probably get in trouble for saying this maybe not i mean i could stand to lose a few pounds but i don't think that the show was mocking overweight people or fat people if anything i think it was trying to it failed but i think it was trying to show what they have to go through embarrassment and things like that and i i didn't do a good job of doing that but i don't think it was intentionally trying to make people feel bad or be controversial like the scene where there's a scene in the in the first episode i think where she is running in gym and she passes out when this is before her injury where she loses the weight and she passes out and somebody helps her and she kind of gets a little crush in the guy because he was one of the only people who, who was actually nice to her and i think some of the kids in the show are just caricatures of bad kids from you know you would see in high school right so I think it's it's a little bit amped up there. But anyway, the, the, the boy helps her and, you know, she kind of has a crush on him and her friend stupidly advises her to ask him out. He shoots her down. And he's like a really, he's a jerk about it. I think they were trying to get you to feel something in that scene or in that, because you knew what was going to happen. But I think the way they did it, just it just didn't. It missed the mark. I agree. Like, I really did try to find the moments 
where the fat shaming would have come in. And I, I think it was more along what you just described, where it's, you know, overly exaggerated personalities to make a point. Even with the main character, like with Patty, after she loses the weight, she's not a good person. Ultimately, I'm sure. No. <laughs> and maybe that's the I mean, issue. I didn't finish it. So, yeah, I didn't finish the series yet. So I don't know how she turns out. But from what I've seen, I'm, I'm like halfway through. She's she's pretty bad. Yeah, she she makes a series of incredibly selfish decisions. And, and maybe that is where people are upset because she's vindictive and angry. Uh, and maybe people are saying that that's how, you know, overweight people are being portrayed. That's somebody's truth, though. Like some people are so hurt by the things that they had to go through that they are angry and vindictive and seeking revenge through whatever means. But that doesn't I never took that as, you know, everybody's experience. I just look at that character and say, she's not a good person. I don't right. I, you know, I don't look that look at that as a condemnation on young women who were overweight at one point in their lives and no longer are or even the idea that you know a, a person can be overweight like that automatically makes them unattractive i don't agree with that either and maybe that's where the controversy yeah, no, is coming from I'm, i again i, I know i'm well, speaking I, like from said, a, a place of i gotta be speaking from a place of ignorance i've never been a teenage girl so i don't know that experience right you know i agree yeah and it's it's kind of I'm not going to lie, it feels a little weird talking about this without having, you know, input from the other side. For sure. Countering our arguments or defenses. But a lot of the controversy happened. There's some app that followed it, but a lot of it happened before the show even aired. A hundred thousand people, it probably grew, signed a petition calling for Netflix to cancel the show before it even aired. So they, they hadn't seen anything but the commercials and, you know, whatever press releases that Netflix put out. So... Kind of like we were talking about earlier with True Detective, we don't really know what season three is about. Right. Those commercials didn't really tell the whole picture. And, you know, when you talk about her being like <laughs> being a bad person, I thought I thought it would have been a better message for the show is when she's trying to get revenge on people that it blows up in her face. You know, I think that would have been and maybe it maybe it will. Like I said, I haven't finished the show yet. I Like I said, it's not bad. It's just not particularly good when you're looking at comedies it's not a kimmy schmidt it's not it's not even a lady dynamite it's kind of just it's there but i think but, it i think it appeals to a certain demographic as well like if you enjoy it kind of put me in the mind of like desperate housewives that's really what i thought of when i watched it the way it shot some of the character choices just made me think of that not that i was a big fan of that show but i was aware of its existence right. Yeah, I can see that, and I, th I, I agree with you too. And also too, this isn't like a this isn't a show for, for kids. It's definitely for grown ups. Oh, absolutely. From the language and, and the content and things like that, so it's not it's not a kid show. No. So I don't know if that's where some of the controversy arose from too. But I mean, the biggest the biggest shout that that's out there is the fat shaming, and I and I there's um a phrase that they use. What happens is she she joins a beauty competition to kind of get back at people because that would be help her be, you know, meet the, make the ultimate revenge on people. So her coach, who we find out too, was overweight at one point. He tells her, you know, he uses the phrase a couple of times, he's like, skinny is magic. But in th if you're watching the show, you kind of find out that it's not really because even, you know, skinny people or people who are, you know, beautiful, 
who they you know portray as beautiful in the show they they still have crap that happens to them and they're you know they're not good people or things are blowing up in their faces so it's not you know he may be saying things but also in the show they're showing the exact opposite that hey whether you're large or you're skinny like life is life and it's not always going to work out for you yeah i think it's a little more balanced than what the controversy would have you believe but it again it's just I don't know. I I would recommend people check it out and make a decision for themselves. This is not one that I would say to stay away from necessarily. I mean, watch it. You may enjoy it. You may not. It wasn't wasn't my particular thing, but I'm kind of like you that Josh. It's it's OK. Like, I don't I don't necessarily have to watch it, but I wouldn't actively stay away from it. Yeah. And, you know, like if you're if you're hating in on it and things like that check it out like jb said check it out for a few episodes or a couple minutes and see what you think let us know what you think because like i said we're we're only speaking from kind of like one side and we may not be thinking of every angle because i was looking at the the lady who started the petition um i'm not going to say her name or anything like that even though it's quoted out there but uh she's just said the toxicity of this series is bigger than just this one particular series this is not an isolated case, but part of a much larger problem that I can promise you every single woman has faced in her life, sitting somewhere on the scale of valuing their worth on their bodies to be desirable objects for the male gaze. This is exactly what this series does. I mean, those are deep words, and I can't, I'm, I'm not going to argue against them or anything like that, and I don't know what it's like to... To walk in a woman's shoes. No, they... Yeah, I, do, I don't. Women are objectified in a way that we as men just won't ever know. Like, men are objectified no. in a different way. And, you know, dudes have body issues the same, but not nearly to the degree of women. I mean, they are scrutinized by how they look more than anything All else. You know, and it's, it's, it's unfair. I mean, I, I would certainly not say that this woman is wrong in her assessment. I just don't necessarily see what it is that she's referring to but i would reach i'll reach out to the classmates you know to to any of the women who have watched the show educate us you know what is it that josh and i are missing help us out let us let us see what your perspective is and maybe we can be a little more enlightened in our assessment of the show right yeah because i think in the show her losing the weight was unintentional the reasons for her losing weight wasn't to be attractive to the guy who shunned her or anything like that. It was kind of the byproduct of what happened to her. She had her jaw wire shut. After that, I th and like I said, I'm a guy. I don't know how to say this without potentially putting my foot in my mouth, but I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, no disrespect or anything like that. And if it's misinterpreted, I apologize beforehand. But it seems like afterward, after you know she loses the weight and things like that i don't think she's from what i've seen she uses that to her advantage to kind of get what she wants and she doesn't other than one character who her crush on this guy is hilarious because he's played stereotypically as like as a gay guy you know you first see him on the on the show and I was, it's like oh this guy's obviously gay and then you find out he's like super hetero <laughs> but other than that, she's kind of using men to get what she wants. So, and she's not putting herself in a position where she's trying to be even more attractive to men. She's like, okay, well, I've lost the weight. 
men find me attractive now, I'm going to use this to kind of get what I want or to get my way. And I mean, that's a terrible example to set. But at the same time, even when she's using it to get her way, it still kind of in some ways doesn't work out for her. And maybe that's what the but that, the woman was referring to in that quote is that she is, you know, using her um, what is what is perceived as attractiveness to do that. Like the character is now everything that we're judging her on is based on how she looks or, you know, it's all done for the male gaze and not necessarily the characters uh, that she's interacting with. But that could be the audience that she's referring to, if I understand the quote right. But I mean, I don't think she's placing her value to men based on how she looks. I don't I don't I don't see that. And maybe I have to rewatch it and I think in you know, some ways she is though because on. she was chasing after her coach, you know, quite a bit and then there was the the boy that had rejected her initially and she was interested in him and then the other guy. Uh then there was the store clerk. So there was there was definitely some yeah, but that usage was, of Right, but she was using she was using those guys. She wasn't letting those guys use her. Agreed, but it was based on her appearance, not her necessarily outsmarting them. And in a lot of ways, she she was, but it was all based on how she looked. Like, that was her power. Okay. I mean, I can kind of see what you're saying. And again, I am completely clueless. <laughs> like I said, it, it's it's kind of hard for us to talk about this. And we had originally planned on a guest to join us, but, you know, like we mentioned earlier, life has a way of messing up our plans um, that could kind of help us have a more balanced look at this. So maybe in a later episode, we can kind of like revisit this, but the controversy around it, I I just don't understand. I mean, I know there are a couple scenes in there where she mentioned she doesn't want to gain the weight back and things like that, but I, I don't know if it's, I just don't know. So educate us. We're not trying to be ignorant. We're not trying to be insensitive. Yeah. We just legitimately, you know, have not had the experiences that women have had. So there are gonna be some things that we just don't know or didn't consider. On a funnier note, there are a couple of things in the show that that were just eye-rollingly bad or just amazingly crazy. Like the mom is, her mom is the worst. Patty's mother? Her, yes, Patty's, Oh yeah, yeah, the main character's name is Patty. Her mom is terribly bad. (laughs) Like, I don't think any of the mothers are particularly great now that i think about it no no they're all horrible from what i've seen like the closest thing to a good mother was dr barnard but she's kind of absent Mm -hmm. it's yeah that's interesting and now that i think about it what is that saying overall i feel like there's a message there that we may be missing too did you notice this i thought it was hilarious that the da who i can't think of his real name but he played augie from uh covert affairs yes he is trying a simple assault case. So what happens with Patty is she punches a guy and he punches her back. And I guess she gets arrested and she, she gets charged. So the DA is actually trying this case himself. Not an ADA, but the freaking DA. Like, is it simple assault? Is that even a felony? It, like, she's uh, she has to be a first-time offender. And this guy's, like, in court going after her. Like, I know it's a TV show, but it's one of those things. It's like, would this really happen? Well, small town, though. He may be the only person that works in the DA's office as a lawyer. Everybody else could be a clerk. I mean, we didn't really see much nah, about not who worked it. there, but that would make sense to me. He's the DA for the entire county, whatever county they live in. Right. Like, he's the, he is the DA. Like, 
there has to be at least another DA, like ADA at least. And like you have nothing better to do than try a simple, like first of all, why would that even go? Why would that even go to go to court? Like why wouldn't you plea out or something like that? Like I don't know. I've never. The closest I've ever come to a courtroom is for speeding tickets. There was so. something to that, though. I think uh, she didn't want to plead out or something. I can't oh, really remember. Because I think the case was going to get dropped altogether initially. And then the dude, like, really wanted to press charges. I feel like we're doing a horrible synopsis of this. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. I feel like it should have been dropped. Like, like I understand you got to bring all these people together and you have to do it. But it's just, it's just kind of funny to me that they would have a DA trying this case that wasn't even big enough to make the newspapers but another thing i thought that was kind of funny is that one of the characters you know a couple of characters are the kids of lawyers and they go to public school <laughs> i didn't recognize whether or not that was a public school but i guess you're right patty's mom is you know she works at the was it the wiener taco the wiener, or something like wiener, that wiener taco i believe yeah true yeah, yeah so, so i don't think she school. could have afforded she could afford to send her to, to private school. True. Another thing I saw, like, with the convenience store and buying alcohol, apparently, I mean, I could be wrong, but the way it's portrayed on TV, which we know is always accurate, is that they don't card people in the South when you're buying alcohol. Oh, I can tell you for a fact that is, that is inaccurate. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Actually, with all of the, the controversy around fat shaming, I thought that it probably was more insensitive to southern people than than overweight people to be honest yeah just the I idea know. that uh uh bob's wife having literally grown up in a trailer park and her whole rags to riches story yeah you know what's so funny about that now that you mention it is like bob out of all of the grown-ups and stuff on the show that they've portrayed so far he's like the the most decent one so far patty's mom is a terrible mother his wife Alyssa milano is a bad person uh the da he comes across as like everyone's a buddy but he's kind of overbearing on his family his wife seems like she's all right but she's kind of is being portrayed as like too attached to her job right but bob he seems like he's a decent guy he just makes really stupid decisions nah he's mad selfish like everything he's been doing the entire the entire show has been what he wanted he's a bad father because he's spending all this time with Patty, you know, trying to get her these pageant wins. But it's because that's what he wants. He enjoys being a pageant coach. So he wants that win for himself, not really for her. She's just a tool that's being no, I used agree, but he's, to do that. And it, they're, they're no, I agree with kind that. Of working but he's, together in that way. No, no, I don't so None disagree of the characters that, are particularly like well-adjusted. Oh, not at all. Like, they're all, like I said, they're all, like, hyped-up caricatures of stereotypical characters. Mm-hmm. But as far as like Bob goes, like yeah, yeah, he wants to get back in the pageant. He wants to win one, but he's pretty open about it. Like in the flashback scenes with his wife, you know, he he shows that he genuinely cares about her. Now I don't know if those scenes take place before, or after, you know, it's revealed that he had an indiscretion in the past. Mm-hmm. So because I don't want to spoil it for anyone, um, if they're gonna if they do choose to watch it, but. I mean, he's pretty open, so yeah, he's not spending time with his son, who has a crazy storyline. But overall, out of all of the the people that we, we see, the grown-ups, he's not, he's not the worst. 
<laughs> he's the the top of the garbage heap. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, like he's not. I don't know. It's just something like the way they portrayed him in, in some scenes and stuff, like deal with his wife and you find out about, about her background and everything like that, and how he treated some other the you know contestants and flashbacks and stuff like that. It's like okay, well, this guy. He cares about people, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. This show is is it's <laughs> it's hard to to talk about. <laughs> it kind of is, and I think again, it's just because of the subject matter and the lack of our our guest, you know, for balance to kind of help us out with that. But it's all right. I think you kind of made your position clear, and I, I'd like to think that I did. I don't know that I did a great job of it, but indeed, time will tell. As as we've said a couple times tonight. So I have an honorable mention that I'm like super excited to talk about. American Vandal. So if you haven't watched the first season, I highly recommend that you watch it. It's a satire and true crime. Um, I know in previous episodes I've talked about how I'm a big true crime podcast buff. And American Vandal season one kind of took a stab at that. And I think they, they did a really, really good job. Season two is out. Um, this time it is about poop it's a new storyline it's about poop no it does not take place in san francisco i don't but if it does super timely and amazing i thought that was hilarious that the timing that it was <laughs> like man if this would have come out a week week sooner we could have really tied it right in <laughs> it just i mean it, it just kind of carries on from season one just the the joke it's a, is it's a good show I, so obvious there and it's yeah it's funny though these people are all freaking out about it <laughs> it was pretty funny. I totally, totally, totally recommend that. And if you have not watched season one of American Vandal, I would jump into that. Definitely. I think it's one of those underrated shows that they released, but I honestly think it's probably the best new show take, they've released in, in a while. It's, it's ridiculously smart and well-written. And any homework for the week? Uh, I do. So I was literally digging in the crates and I was <laughs> reading some old comics and it got me to thinking with this whole birds of prey thing and I guess the the villain for that is going to be Black Mask so I went back and I was reading war games uh, Batman war games that would be my recommendation for the week uh, go back and if you can get your hands on a couple trades or the actual original issues it's a really really interesting storyline you know Batman had these simulations on how things would happen with the gangs of Gotham. They were all kind of turning on each other, but they were somewhat under his control. And like the best laid plans, gets out there, gets out of control. Somebody actually activates this simulation and they have to work through it. And uh, Stephanie Brown, spoiler, plays a, a big role in that, as well as Cass Kane. Mm -hmm. It was pretty interesting story art. So Batman War Games. Sounds cool. It's just funny how a lot of his, his contingency plans always fall into the wrong hands. Like, maybe he needs to make it... Smart as he is. Exactly. <laughs> he needs a contingency plan for his contingency plans. He just need better encryption, apparently. Yeah, I, I'm going to be a good guy. I don't, I don't have any homework for the week. Cool. That being the case, man, I want to thank, thank you guys for riding out with us yet again. Seven episodes. Uh, <laughs> that is super dope. Uh... I know I said it at the top of the show, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, keep commenting. We like interacting with you all. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, hit us up. We'll definitely respond. 
and we'll do what we can. Um, if you guys have questions, to maybe get them on the show and reach out to the, the larger audience and see how that goes. With that being said, for Josh, I'm JB. It's in the books. Clash is dismissed. Cut the check.